Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. He is risen. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. They remembered his words. Sometimes it is hard to remember words when things seem a little crazy around you. And I'm sure that's how they were feeling. Mary, everybody was named Mary back then, by the way, but Mary, there was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and others. There, in the fog of the morning, feeling probably you might know what this feels like, misty-eyed, maybe crying all night, everything seems surreal when you have someone that you love die, when you hear terrible news, maybe when the pandemic started, (laughs) maybe when Putin invaded Ukraine, just crazy. But even more so for these, these women, it wasn't just another situation because they're used to that. People live, people smile, people suffer, people die, a routine of life. It stinks, but it goes on and on, up and down, and they were here in the graveyard doing what you do, going through the motions. They had to finish the job of taking care of the body. They started out on Friday, but the Sabbath stops you from doing work, so they had to come back as soon as they could. You see, in their world at the time, people die. The best you can do is to do these routines. I mean, for a little bit, feel kind of good. You, you hope, you, just like we do this, funerals, etc. And they dressed the body and they wrapped it in linen cloths tightly. It's the one they love. They don't want him to eventually rigor mortis. Your body starts flailing. That's not dignified. That's your loved one. We do the same. You put spices on so they don't smell because you love them. But you can only prolong this so long. So there they were mourning like you do when you wake up. You barely got to sleep the night before and you kind of escape for a second in a dream if you ever had this and you wake up and it crushes down on you that it wasn't a nightmare, it's real. And how much more so for them, I think especially as of, of Mary Magdalene. This Jesus, I mean, he wasn't just another friend, that stinks, but this person they thought was gonna do something great, was gonna help them and, and change the world or maybe at least their lives. And he was killed easily, and that was that. 
And I think especially Mary Magdalene because she had come to know Jesus, maybe like many others, he changed her life already. She was possessed by demons, seven demons, I think, uh, I don't know if Mark or Matthew talks about it, maybe Luke. And maybe to us, she would have looked, you know, like something, a mental illness or not able to control herself and outbursts and that sort of thing, but you couldn't be in public company and she'd embarrass any family members, so you kind of put her away. I'm sure she was put away and people just walked by, oh, crazy Mary, and treated her probably just like another, like an animal. What do you do with people like that? And then Jesus didn't do that. Didn't pretend not to see her, nor look at her like some kind of a monster, but instead said her name, Mary, and healed her, but not just healed her, but restored her humanity. And that just changed her world. And from then on, she followed Jesus wherever. That God would love her. That she had a friend in Jesus. So she especially had a connection. And I'll bet she especially could barely see straight as she walked to the tomb to do a last good deed for this good man that cared about her. And she might have especially been brokenhearted because her Savior was dead, and maybe her hopes were dead, and maybe she'd go back to where she was. So here they come, early in the morning, to finish the job, the routine, almost robotically, getting up to go do this, and they arrive, and the stone is rolled away. Glitch in the system. That's not supposed to happen. But they look in, there's no body. That's not supposed to happen. But I promise you, there was nothing in their heads that said, he's risen. But somebody probably came to desecrate the body, because that's what you do. Even today, in many countries, you desecrate the body just to make sure everybody knows this person's dead. They can't lead you. Forget about it. All hopes are gone. And they probably have thought that's where Jesus was. They probably came in and took him away to embarrass him more. So still in this paradigm, on this routine of people die, and that's it, they looked in, and two angels, two men appear with a brightness that just immediately caused them to look down and look away. It didn't belong in the graveyard. It didn't belong in the hopelessness. And as many instances in the Bible say, when an angel appears, the brightness, it's not just like a a color or a light, it's just a divinity. It's a sense of an otherness, a righteousness, a purity, a good. And it immediately causes you to say, I am not these things. And so you bow down face to the ground, and there they were, And then the angel said this. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? What a phrase. He's not here. But has risen. Remember how he told you. 
Just think about it. Jesus said many times he's going to die and he's going to rise. Don't you, don't you think about that when you read the Gospels? Many times, and they're not listening. Why? Because it's a paradigm shift. It's ridiculous. You're not even thinking about this. It's so insane that he would die, that God would die. It's even crazier that he would rise. It's not in your world. It's not in your vocabulary. But now the angel says this. Their minds must have gone back to the many times Jesus said it. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified. It's not an accident. It's why he came as the center of Scripture. It was the plan before Adam and Eve. And on the third day rise. I love this line. Because it wasn't seeing what they were seeing. They didn't see the body. They saw, they didn't see it. That didn't do it for them. But they remembered his words. And it clicked. And they're looking at the evidence and they're thinking of Jesus' words. (laughs) They must have heard those words many times and it just went over their heads. Because it's so insane, it would never happen, and it's happened. They've remembered his words, and there the routine stopped. Dead in its tracks. People don't die and gone, are not gone forever. This one is risen. Maybe there's hope. Think about how amazing this was. Jesus is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Everything changed at that moment. The the silly uh, cycle of life. This is something you should never tell someone who's mourning. It's a cycle of life. Death happens. It's just all a part of life, as if death is good. Don't ever say that. That doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help bring back the dead. Doesn't make you feel good. It's like Wrath of Khan sort of stuff. You watch Seinfeld, Wrath of Khan. Anyhow, it's just ridiculous phrases. It means nothing. That's not, that's not right. It's not a cycle of life. Not supposed to die. die. Death stinks. It's disgusting. It's awful. There's nothing good about it. It doesn't belong in life. And you know this. You know this. <laughs> we pretend we don't. We shove it away. We decorate it the best that we can. But it's gross. And it hurts. But there's an answer, and it's not silly phrases like that. It is, he is risen. Hallelujah. It happened. This is an historical event. If it did not physically and truly happen, all of this and you waking up or us running at six in the morning is silliness. But it really did happen. Jesus rose again. More than 500 people saw it. They touched him. They saw him. They hung out with him. And initially, they didn't believe it as you saw all these women. Because it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's not normal. It's not on a routine. They had to have it kind of shoved in their face and reminded to them, as we all do, that this is not the end. But not only does this resurrection change their lives and ours, that someone rose from the dead, but you're going to rise from the dead. And not only that, when they remembered his words about the resurrection, it it, it verifies his words, but also, what other words did Jesus say? that we can now count on. Think about that. 
What other words did Jesus say that we can now count on? What other promises that you can now take to the bank? Because if he said he's going to rise from the dead, which is the most insane thing that you could actually promise, and he does, what else has he said that we should look back and remember those words? How about, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are forgiven. These are not niceties anymore. This is not well-wishing. When Jesus says you're forgiven, you are forgiven, paid for. He did it all. When he says it is finished, it is finished. You will not have to account for your sins. Christ has done it. That's almost more insane than someone rising from the dead, by the way. God loving us might be a bigger miracle. What other words did Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Sounds like a cute poetic phrase. He's risen. So if he says this, he's not joking. It's not poetic. It's not existential. It's not symbolic. It's not metaphorical. You believe in Jesus, you will rise again. And this all changes everything, doesn't it? Your whole world should just change with this new reality that you live in. That death is not the end. That you're not going to have to pay for your sins one day. That you're forgiven, that God actually loves you and is for you, and you know him. And you know he loves you because you see the cross, and he knows, and you know that he means what he says as you, we watch him walk out of the grave. But we can be like those disciples. We can forget his words. You know what I mean? And get inundated by the words of the world and the problems of the world. These past couple of years, we just celebrated having Easter breakfast for the first time in, in two years. We've had to endure the pandemic and how crazy it is that, the, that uh, the, the greatest country of all, with all the technology and all the money and all the resources, we fell like little, little ants to the pandemic. And then the Ukraine situation, et cetera. It's been crazy. And we can read all this. Or maybe you have your own little issues that are huge in your life. Who cares about these things? You're concerned about your health. Your marriage isn't doing well. You've hurt someone. You don't know if you restore that relationship. We've got these situations that are graveyards and seem hopeless. And we forget his words. You're going to rise again. It's going to be okay. You're forgiven. We have hope. There's nowhere that you will be in your life where you are ever hopeless with Jesus. Understand that? Not one situation where you can't say, I still have hope. Because if Christ robs the grave, the lowest that we can go, or our sins on the cross, you can't go lower. You can't escape it. There's always hope in Jesus. But we need to be reminded like those angels did of his words. And that's why I'm here. That's why we call another pastor. But it's not just us. You are called too. You are those disciples. You are those angels to go where people are wandering in graveyards, surrounded by death and the vocabulary and culture of death, and need to hear 
He is risen. It's okay. You are forgiven. God actually loves you. I love what these, uh, these ladies do. God bless them. They are given the gift of this beautiful message first. They go back, right? And they tell the guys, and that's what it is. It's women and men. Women hear it first, and then one might say they believe first. So good job, women. And this is what they do. They go back and they tell, they tell the other disciples all the things that they were told. And this is what Luke says. But these words seem to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Luke is telling us, believe them. Bad move, guys. He's hinting to you. You can believe the words of Mary and Joanna. It really happened. Jesus is risen. And these gentlemen learn it for sure as Jesus has to go personally to each one and make it clear. We are them. You are called not just to hear this good news. That's why we have church service. The number one reason why is for me to speak these words, but you are called to speak it to one another and remind each other when they're down and out, when they're scared. You are an angel to them and saying, remember what he told you. You're he loves you. It's going to be okay. You're going to rise again. And we're called to say it to this city. And we're called to go to places where people are wandering, looking for a life among death. And we get to tell them some good news that really happened, that God really loves them. They are forgiven and they will rise again. Let's do that today and tomorrow. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah.